Hey everyone, welcome back to the Improv TX Comedy Network. If this is your first time checking out the podcast network, we appreciate it. Please head over to your favorite podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, or iTunes, and give the Improv TX Comedy Network a like. And just a reminder, the Improv TX Comedy Network is live on YouTube with all your favorite comedians on the improv stage. All links can be found in the description. And with that, on to the podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Act Out. From open mic to the big stage, comedians tell us how stories were made. My name is Duck. Today we have a very special guest. This guy has been performing all over DFW and around the country, correct? Yeah, I travel back and forth between here and New York. Sometimes I'm in Georgia, Atlanta. The first time I saw you, I was like, this guy's a superstar. Like, he kills it on stage. Like, this was probably two years ago when I saw you. And I watched your set from last night, too. And you've gotten even better. You know what I mean? You're killing it. Uh, hilarious jokes. Just just going to make you laugh hysterically. You can check out his clips online. We are here today with Pong Dong. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? Thanks uh, for having me. Hell yeah, <laughs> dude. This is going to be fun. Uh, so how long have you been in the game? How long have you been doing stand-up? Uh, it's my seventh year now. Yeah, seven years. Seven years. So yeah. we'll get into how you kind of started here in a minute. But I want to talk about, you're from China. Yes, born oh. and raised. Oh my God, it's awesome. So <laughs> what, what was it like living in China and growing up? I was born in the northwest part of the China, uh, and it's like a border town. Um, it's where border was uh, Tajikistan, Afghanistan. It's like super far west. Um yeah, so I have my my childhood is a little bit different from like a typical Chinese kid's childhood. Mm-hmm. We were like really, really um, country like rural area. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, our our school bus was a literal uh, wagon. It was a wagon. <laughs> it was a horse <laughs> and a wagon. Uh, yeah, so I had that. Um, but then we, my family moved to the south, um, so it was a little bit better. Um, yeah, yeah. I grew up in China, and I was there till I was twenty five. I came here when I was twenty five. Right on. So, <laughs> so were you the funny kid growing up? Did you, you make all the jokes, crack everyone up, or were you shy, or what were you like? I was a really good listener. I I have good memories. Uh, I was always the quiet one, uh, observing everybody. Like super early on, I was I, I was able to talk like not even one year old. I was I was I was able to like speak and uh, you know before I can read, uh, my my parents would my grandparents would like read stories to me and I would read I would memorize those stories and like tell other kids as I was like holding the book, but I can't read anything yet. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and people are like, Oh my God, this kid already can read. They're like, no no no, he cannot read. He just remembers, he just memorized everything and he tells it like exactly how it is. Yeah. Um yeah, I I've always had like amazing memory. So you were kind of performing at a young age, too, by being in front of the group of kids and retelling the story. Yeah, as the storyteller. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So where did comedy come into the mix? Did you see something? Was there a stand-up special? How did that happen? I think the first stand-up comedians I watched uh, were, well, I was, in, uh, I was in college. I was in Alabama. I had an American roommate. Uh, he showed me Russell Peters. Uh, he showed me George Carlin. Uh, oh, wow. Cat Williams. Um, my favorite thing, favorite person to watch at the time was um, 
was uh, Eddie Griffin. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> yeah. He's an amazing storyteller. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he was hilarious. Yeah. Um, As a comedian, he's absolutely amazing. He's yeah. a natural. Mm-hmm. He's, I, I heard stories about him. Like the first time he ever performed stand-up, it was at an open mic. I think he did. He was supposed to do five minutes, but he was killing it. He, he, he was like telling, he was telling jokes for like straight up 20 minutes and nobody cut him off because he was like killing it. And that's why he does five hour shows now. <laughs> <laughs> as, a, as a server previously, you're like, dude, get off the stage. But the audience loves him. So it's whatever. Oh, yeah. That's our job. That's crazy. Your American roommate started showing you these comedians and everything. So yeah. where did you get the spark to decide that you wanted to try it for the first time? Um, you know, I watch uh, this comedian at the time. Uh, his name is Joe Wong. Most Americans don't know him, but he's he he's like this um, PhD guy. He's like a um, PhD like he uh, he went to school in Houston and Rice University, uh, but he started stand up. Uh, he was doing like Letterman. He was on Letterman four times. Oh wow! And he was on all yeah he he he'd been on like all kinds of late night shows, and he was on uh, the White House correspondent, the C-SPAN correspondent, roasting Joe Biden who was the vice president at the time. And that clip went super viral in China, and everybody knew who he was. He's one of my early inspirations. And and I'm friends with the guy now. Mm -hmm. Um, He was in here recently. We performed together. Um, Yeah, he was was the one... I mean, I watched the comedians before. It was like, okay, this is funny. I enjoy watching it, but I don't think I can ever do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But after watching him, it was like... Oh, maybe I can do this because yeah. <laughs> he has a very thick accent, um, and he tells, and he's super funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm like, okay, maybe I there's a possibility. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So is China in China is mm-hmm. comedy stand up comedy big or is it a thing at all? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's a new thing, but it's uh, it's very popular. It's a big market. Uh, believe it or not, like, like we have our last com- our version of last comic standing, and uh, uh, you know, there's a big market. There's there's more demands than there are comedians. There's more stage times than there oh, are wow. comedians, and there's big money. Um, and people love comedy. Chinese people they don't drink. It's it's weird, like they go to theater and watch big theater shows. You do big theater shows, and people just stay there and like sit, like they just sit there and watch. They don't even <laughs> drink, but they pay full attention. We're good listeners. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Have you ever went back and done any stand up there? No, I haven't. Um, I've gotten invites though. I've gotten like invites to like their their competitions, mm-hmm. but um, it was during the pandemic. I, I couldn't leave. Yeah. Have you tried? Uh, in 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 what what is the language Chinese? Uh, what would it be? Yeah, I've tried uh, stand up in Mandarin. In Mandarin, yeah. Uh, but there's shows like that in New York. Mm-hmm. I've done that in New York. Yeah. Does it translate? Because I've talked to comedians who do comedy in English and Spanish, and they say like it's two different things. Like their their timing, the, the way they speak, it's just a completely different thing. So, th- did it translate for you? Um. Well, it. It did the first time, and I tried it a couple more times. It just did, didn't work. I, <laughs> I felt like the timing was off. Um, you know, the way you construct jokes um, is just different because of the language. Uh, like, 
like grammar wise, you know, certain certain jokes with the English you can put it backwards and you can put your punch punch word to to the end and it just doesn't work with the Chinese language. Yeah. It's it you have to figure it out. It takes time. I think it it'll still work. You just have to do it more. Right, right. Yeah. So what was it like that first time you decided to go to an open mic? You know, were you nervous? Were you scared? Did did oh, you have to get drunk? Like, <laughs> no, no, I was super nervous. Um, I did it in Atlanta. That's where I started. Um, signed up for the open mic, and um, uh, it was five minutes set, and I was like rehearsing it over and over. I remember like just talking to the phone and recording to myself, like recording myself and listen to it. I did it probably. Like at least two hundred times. Oh wow! Yeah, wow. <laughs> I had the same experience, but I did not do it two hundred times. I was like, oh, at twenty, was I was like, I think I got it, and then it was the most nerve wracking thing to get on stage the first time. So, so you're in Atlanta, you decide to get on stage. Did you crush it the first time, or did it go badly? How? how oh, how I did. It? I did pretty well. I did actually pretty well. Um, it's also because I had. My coworkers in the audience, yeah, <laughs> yeah they were supportive. But, um, <laughs> uh, it was a terrible set, though. Like now, I can't even watch it. <laughs> it's hard to go back. You're just like, ooh, this is not good. <laughs> yeah. You get on stage. You did did well. Did you catch the bug at that point? Where you're like, I'm gonna keep going up. Was it like constant thing, or did you take a break? So here's the thing about Lena. Well, I also wasn't very uh, active at the time. I, I try to sign up for their the the Laughing Skull, um, you know, open mic. They have open mics uh, Monday. Through, I believe it's a Monday through Wednesday. Oh wow! And every night it, they sell tickets and it's sold out. They're open oh, mics. Awesome. People buy tickets to watch open mics. It's crazy and and it's super hard to get on the list. You, they put you out like a month, once in a month. So I did like maybe ten open mics in, in my first year. Oh wow! Yeah. Only ten. Wow. Only ten. Yeah. So, so how long was it before you did you got the host? Was it a little bit longer than a couple of years? Then it it didn't happen after uh, until like I, I moved to Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, so first year I did in Atlanta, and then I moved to Dallas. Yeah. So the second year, then you started crushing it. Started going out a lot more. Yeah, yeah. So where did you host the first time? I think maybe yeah. I think maybe hyenas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how'd it go? It went okay. It went. It went pretty well, actually. Yeah, yeah. Were you excited before it, or did you, do you get nervous before you go on stage? At the time, I was already like two years in. No, mm-hmm. I, I didn't. I wasn't like super nervous. Yeah, some people say they still get nervous, and I'm like, I'm kind of like you. I get excited before yeah. I go up. I because you never know what's going to happen. You know. Uh-huh. Do you deal with hecklers well whenever they come at you? Uh, it's weird. I don't get hecklers a lot. I. Uh, I but I generally get a nice audience. Yeah. I generally get a nice audience. Yeah. Yeah. I love the heckler because it makes it exciting. It's just like, <laughs> oh my God, we're going to go down this route now. Okay, let's see where this leads. So I, the first time I got heckled, though, man, it threw me off. <laughs> like, I couldn't even think the rest of my set. I was like, oh my God, what do I say now? And the person, all they said was chicken. And I was like, chicken? Oh, no. <laughs> so, it was terrible. <laughs> so you hosted at Hyenas. Where did you, you've headlined here, right? Yes. So when was the first time you headlined? Was it here or somewhere else? It's probably here at the improv, yeah, the the M Friend show, yeah. 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 So so what was that like? What was that experience of being like doing twenty minutes or forty minutes or whatever they give you at that point? 
I think they give you twenty, right? Yeah. Right here at the uh, yeah, and friend shows twenty. Uh, at the time, I already have the material, so it was it wasn't that bad. It, I was more nervous about you know getting people to come to the show. Oh so, yeah, that's yeah. huge. That's and it's not easy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not easy. No, you're like, are you gonna come to the show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they don't show up. And you're like, oh, geez, what happened? Yeah, especially for me, I don't, I didn't grow up here. I, I don't have families or friends here, um, it, and I'm not famous enough to have, you know, fans. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's hard to get people to come to show. What is the weirdest experience you've ever had at a comedy club? What is the thing that happened on stage that that you were like, oh my god? Oh, you know, uh, first showcase here mm-hmm. on this on this stage. Um, yeah, first showcase at the Improv. Uh, it was a big deal for me, and I blanked out on stage. <laughs> <laughs> but I did my first bit. It was great, and and I was in my head about it. I'm like, what do I? What am I gonna say next? What am I gonna say next? And I just couldn't think of anything. And if for like 10 to 15 seconds I felt like eternity on stage and it it's uh, it hurt me so much it that that feeling just haunted me for like the longest time yeah yeah that's that's scary so how did you get through the set did you just because you knew it so well you just kept talking through it it came back to me <laughs> I'm like okay I got this now oh that's awesome uh, that's yeah. so scary though it that, is so scary that I would be terrified I don't know what I would do if that was I mean, I've been on stage before at an open mic because I mostly do open mics, and like, like I said, I got threw off by the heckler. But like, yeah, to lose it all in that moment, like that is terrifying. Yeah, people don't know like performing on this stage because this stage is really high, and you're looking down to the audience, and the lights are bright. It just everything makes you nervous. It's, it's different from any other any other stages in, in DFW, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's. It's just super legit. It's just very. It's prestigious. Yeah, and, and the ceiling is low. Yeah, it's kind of claustrophobic. Yeah. it's a great room, but it's uh, yeah, I could see someone. I could see that happening. Like, where you're just like, oh my god, I have no. It's so bright. I have nowhere to hide. I have no. This is a wall. I can't. I gotta go. I'll see you guys. Enjoy the end, friends. I should have said that. I should have just like. <laughs> leave so what is your writing process like i start with something that bothers me if if something bothers me i'm like yeah there's something to it i pick up like little things uh like the other time i was you know smoking a cigarette and i was with other comedians and and this homeless guy he like asked me for money and i gave him a dollar and then he took the dollar (laughs) He goes, hey, can I buy a cigarette from you? I'm like, holy shit, you're buying a cigarette from me with my own money? Like that. that. And they didn't, the other guys, they didn't think much of it. And to me, it's like, that bothers me. That's, that had to be. So I had to like, it took me a while, but I had to like turn it into a joke. Yeah, it's always something that bothers me. And you took Dean Lewis's class, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. After I bombed on stage here, I'm like, I, I gotta do something. <laughs> That's when I took the class, and and that was amazing class. Um, my second year, that was that was the most creative year in my career so far. Like I've written so many bids, I've I've gotten so much better. Like within that year, 
And he talks about the UG moments, you know, where you just said, yes. like, when things bother you, yes. you have to grasp onto that and write it down and go, oh, we're going to go back to this and find out. Because that's where the comedy comes from. That's how it connects to people. Because we're all bothered by little things. We just let them go, you know, for the most part. And those, exactly. And, and those, like, we get the, like, the guy with the cigarette. That's, like, not huge, but it's, you know, that little bump where you go, oh, geez, that's interesting. So, yes. yeah, it's so much fun. So much fun. Uh, you also write in a writing group, don't you? Uh, yeah. So what yeah. is that like writing in a group? It can be productive, um, but it also can very easily turn into <laughs> like shit talking, <laughs> gossiping. Uh, uh, but yeah, we try to be productive. It's like when you decided to write, you know, you, you everyone has something prepared. Let's let's pitch. You know, let's pitch. Um, we have to be. We have to stay in, on the, the subject, and yeah, it's it's really good because you you gotta have friends, you gotta have comedian friends that are honest and that are like kind of on your same level with you, um, and they and they also have like different perspectives, different life experiences, and they see things from different angles, different perspectives. They can give, they can write jokes for you, but. They can give you a fresh perspective, like oh, I never thought about that. Like I never thought about it like that. Um, yeah, me and a room, we we're like really good at writing for each other, right? Because <laughs> we know each other's voices. How long did it take you to find your voice uh, in comedy? You know, that's something I struggle with. I'm always mm. curious about. So, what when did it come into like that second year? You just like oh, this is who I'm gonna be. I mean, I'm still in that process mm-hmm. of finding my voice. I think it takes forever. I, th- I think it it's a it's an ongoing process for every comedian, or I, any comedian. Well, just watching you in the last two years, something that I noticed you do is you actually laugh and enjoy the set. Like before, you would enjoy the set, right? Mm-hmm. And you you killed it. I didn't see anything wrong with it. I was like, he's always killing it. But then I watched your set from last night. And, like, something you were doing, you were laughing with the audience. Like, mm. you were having a good time. And it just made it seem so much more personable, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I noticed that, too. I, I, I didn't do that intentionally. I, maybe it's just because I'm, I've gotten more comfortable on stage. Right. The style also changed. Uh, I used to be more stoic. Uh, like, you guys laugh. I'm going to keep a straight face. Yeah. I think Dean has this theory, like, when you... Uh, when you are talking about something serious, be silly about it. And if you're talking about something trivial, uh, like not as serious, but be serious about it. That's all. The the incongruity is always funny. Yeah, yeah. I never even thought about that in the performance. You yeah. can do an incongruity and have that those opposites. That's so cool. Like that yeah. just makes sense. But like I enjoyed the set that I, I like. I've always enjoyed your sets. Like I think oh, you're hysterical. But that set that I watched from last night, I was like, wow, he's really like into telling these jokes. He's interacting with the audience through his personality. It was amazing. So I think it's great that you changed it up. You know, now it was a lot of fun. So you're killing it. You're killing it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Last night it was, um, I think the last bit was kind of serious. Um, so I had to be silly about it. Yeah. I can't, I don't want people to feel bad for me. But then you, when I talk about something not as serious, uh, when I was talking about the uh, potluck, when I t- <laughs> that's not serious, but I was like <laughs> super passionate about it. So there's there's a bit of uh, <laughs> contrast. 
Yeah, I yeah. think it works great. And that's a great joke. You can actually go online and watch that. The clip's online about the potluck, so that's awesome. Hey, everyone, it's just Duck jumping in to say thank you so much for checking out the podcast today. If you dig it, please head over to our website at improvtx.com, where you can check out our calendar for all the upcoming shows in Addison, Arlington, Houston, and San Antonio. And don't forget to follow our social media, all links in the description. And with that, back to the podcast. Do you ever get starstruck? Have you ever met somebody and just like, oh, geez, like, I can't believe I'm in their presence? Oh, yeah. Um, I did a show in New York uh, a couple months ago, and uh, Chris Rock dropped in. He... <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, yeah he, w- he went up after me. Yeah, we were just sitting there, and he just, like, walked in. And I'm like, oh, my God, Chris Rock. And he just, like, sat down with us. It's like... Are these the very young, very good comedians? <laughs> and he just like sat down with his headphone. He he put he puts his headphone down and he started talking to us. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, what was that, that like? Cool. It, it felt unreal. It felt unreal. Um, and we didn't even talk comedy that much. I think he he was just talking about like. Tiger Woods and <laughs> NBA. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. Yeah. And so you got on stage, you did, you know, your time, mm-hmm. and then you got to bring him on stage after that? No, no, no. There's hosts in between. Okay. There's hosts in between. Um, but yeah, everyone got to do less time. So yeah, we were supposed to do 15, I did 10. Yeah. Um, yeah, everybody did last, less time because Chris Rock wants to work out his uh, Netflix special, which is already out now. But right. at the time, he was working out yeah. his materials. Oh, that's so yeah. cool. So that was in New York, you said? Yeah, that was in New York. How often do you go there? Uh, I go there every month now. Um, yeah, I spend like a couple weeks there, a couple weeks here. Right. So does your job allow for that then? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. So, I, dude, I would love that. I would love to be able to travel up there. Do you have any advice for comedians who are just starting out? People just like me, like I'm not very, I'm like a year and a half or two years in. Like, I'm not good. (laughs) So if you have any advice that would like help out, like what would you tell somebody who's just beginning? Um, I would say just have fun because my first year I didn't, I wasn't very serious about it. I didn't have any expectation about how this is going to go. Well, just have fun. Um, and also don't try to write as many materials as you can. Don't try to do new jokes every time you go up on stage, uh, cause you're going to ruin those jokes. Yeah. Um, I, like that's, that, that's like the beginner's mistake everybody makes. Uh, it's like you're trying, Oh, what if I'm, I go to an open mic and same people see me do the same joke? I'm, yeah. They're gonna judge me. They're gonna think I'm not good. Uh, no, don't ever. Nobody's gonna remember. First of all, nobody's gonna remember you, <laughs> and you're never gonna get the same audience. <laughs> yeah, and just just work on your first five minutes and get it as solid as you can. Work on the next five. Uh, don't try to rush. Because you don't know what you're doing yet. You don't have the the skills to turn good to, to turn good, you know, bits into material good materials. Um, I would say just work on your first five, first ten. And that's the one thing that always bothers me is because do you hate your material after a while? Do you gonna or do you continue to love it? Some jokes I I still like them, but I I feel like uh, I'm not as passionate about them. So I don't do it. If I do it on stage, it would be like 
reciting it it it's not it's not performing it's not i don't have any passion behind it so i just stopped doing it uh and like certain earlier jokes uh i feel like now i have better skills i can i can revisit uh there's there's a good there's some some good bits that i did in my first year but it was too ambitious i couldn't do it at the time but now i'm revisiting them i'm like oh there's something in there Oh, cool. So you're yeah. actually going back to them and uh, like, how are you working that out? Are you working with Arun to kind of work it out or like, how do you kind of make that happen? It took, it took some time. I just brought it up on stage and like time after time I started like editing and start rewriting. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, there's something to that. I've never even thought about doing that. Cause like I, I look at my, my first set and I'm just like, I hate it. <laughs> I don't want to repeat it ever again. It's just too much. No, don't let go. I, uh, I, I don't easily let go of my jokes. Even, even if it just bombs the first couple times I said it, uh, you know, like I, I would keep doing it. I would try to figure it out. Yeah, that's the that's that's the fun part. Trying to figure it out. Yeah. Don't don't bail. Don't bail on your own <laughs> joke. If you think it's funny, there there's definitely a chance uh, other people are gonna find it funny. Within comedy, doing this for a while, like. Mm. going to the open mics and making friends and stuff like that. Cause you said you don't have a lot of friends here, but you do have a lot of comedian friends here. Yeah. So, uh, like, was there any crazy experience that you had at, like at those times? Yeah, there was, there's quite a bit. Yeah. Just, uh, terrible experiences. <laughs> like, like I've done this, um, corporate show once, mm -hmm. um, and I paid good money. Um, but it was, it was broad daylight uh, at a hotel convention center, and, and I had to follow the guy that just did like boring uh, PPT presentation. <laughs> <laughs> it's like their exact their sales executive or something like that, and and I had to tell like uh, forty minutes, you know, forty five minutes, oh, wow. clean jokes, and I was doing well. I was. I first started like roasting everyone. They gave me some names. I, mean, I started like roasting them. And then I go into my material. I was doing, I mean, most of my jokes were clean. I was doing like clean jokes. It was, it was, it was doing really well. And this guy in the audience who looked like he was the boss and he's like, uh, yeah, you can, you can go dirty. <laughs> I'm like, for real? <laughs> Just go for it. <laughs> yeah, like he, he he called it. I'm like, okay, I'll. <laughs> which is a, which is a beginner beginner mistake. Like if you do corporate shows, you always do clean. Even if you if, even if they ask you to do dirty, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> don't because like you have to put it on unless you put it on the the contract. I'm not gonna do it. You yeah. know, like. I, I learned that the hard way. I started doing like dirty jokes. I don't, I don't even have that many dirty jokes. I started doing <laughs> like dirty jokes and, and the, the HR lady like cut me off and she's like, ah, can we bring it down a, a notch? Wow. <laughs> and, and that just kills the mood, right? Like everybody started like, feeling self-conscious oh are we having too much fun now? <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and then, I just made a dumb decision to like go into uh, racial jokes and <laughs> <laughs> and that didn't work. <laughs> that was that was a terrible mistake. Um, 
But I also uh, I I made it even worse. I made after that joke, I made a comment too. I was like, "Yeah, you know what? That joke usually kills at a club,、uh, but it just sucks that you guys don't hire any black people." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and, and 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 you looked at the audience like it's like. There's no black there, <laughs> and then there are no black people. Oh my god!、Um, How did they react to that? Uh, well, I, I think they, the younger guys, they want to laugh. They just cover their mouths. <laughs> they, they're just like laughing, and and the HR lady was like pissed off. Yeah, yeah, because because I'm now I'm calling her out. Yeah, <laughs> and and she had to after the show, she had to like send out emails. To like、uh, to everyone, send out a mass email to everyone to apologize for the comedian's insensitive comment. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, but like you said, it's a learning experience. You、yeah. learn to stay clean. So, right. Yeah. That was a great story, by the way. Thank you so much. <laughs> so, is that something that you were interested in doing as being a storyteller? Because as a comedian, you do a lot of story jokes.、Mm. Yeah, long form. Is that something that since you were a child doing that, repeating the stories, you know, to your friends? And now, is that that kind of like the comedy you want to do, or do you kind of mix it up? You know, I wouldn't put myself in the category、uh, storyteller. Like I, I do stories,、um, but I'm so I, I'm not I'm still not good at like telling long stories because I get self conscious、uh, if I don't hear any laughs、uh, in like within a minute. I'm like, holy shit, I'm doing <laughs> what am I doing? I'm bombing. I can't. I can't. Yeah, that's still there's、um, there's a few like long stories、um, that I had yet to bring up on stage.、Um, I just I just gotta get comfortable where I'm like comfortable telling those jokes. That's so shocking you say that because I watch it and I'm like, wow, he's so good at telling <laughs> stories. Like it's 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 like the, the one that we were talking about. You yeah, know yeah. I mean? like that. I love hearing your perspective on that,、mm. and so. It, it just cracked me up, and like that twist that you had at the end, dude, so good. And I'm、oh. intrigued by you, what you're saying about like being、mm. Asian and, and the hate that comes towards you.、Mm. How do you deal with that? Do you turn that into comedy then, and then try to work through it, or like, cause yeah, I, 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 you know, I don't have that experience, so I'm、oh, curious what、um, it's like. Personally, I don't experience that much,、uh, but it's funny when I'm whenever I'm like hanging out with Arun, just me and him, like some weird stuff always happens, man. <laughs> like something about this combination, this Harold and Kumar combination, <laughs> makes people curious. Like it brings out the it brings the worst out of some people. Like、yeah. like we were at this、um, dive bar. Uh, out of nowhere, like just me and him. I already told him, "Dude, it's gonna be a this. This is a bad. This is a bad decision. We're not." <laughs> He's like, "Dude, let's do it, man. Like, it's for the story." Yeah. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Oh my god! And this guy, like、uh, this tr- truck driver guy, <laughs> drunk truck driver. Like, sorry, yell. It wasn't towards me. Is he's like yelling at my, I'm at a room. Like,、oh, all you from India, you just came to your country stealing. He really said that thing. Like, you, you just came to your country stealing. At which point, I'm like, is, are we being punked right now? Like, you can't. 
is this a <laughs> where's the camera like <laughs> like there's no way i couldn't believe he was all serious like i mean like, there's no way a person can be this racist yeah <laughs> like just out <laughs> uh, yeah absolutely like, insane so what ended up happening did they get into a fight or anything or did you guys they were out? he was like pushing what? he was pushing and and then there was a uh, there's a white lady that got in between them and like broke up the fight. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. That is insane. Yeah. Well, that's the one thing though, is you stand up for what you believe. You know what I mean? When yeah. it comes to that. So racism sucks. And, yeah. And it really is in this country we deal and with. And it's constantly. stupid because like in, in my head, I was like, yo, what? You are a truck driver. Like, my <laughs> friend works in IT. <laughs> How is he? You know, for him to steal your job, you, you got to at least have, like, a Bachelor of Science degree. You know? <laughs> like, you don't, you're not qualified to be this racist yet. Like, you don't meet the minimum requirement. <laughs> it's, it's always, it's ridiculous, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Like, racism in this country like how do we deal with it how do we make it better i think the way we do it is by seeing perspectives that's why i love comedy mm. like because you can talk about your experience you know what i mean yeah you can educate like a lot of people for whatever reason that is the opening door that's why i love dave Chappelle and i love mm. his special the closer because oh, okay. i date trans women i love trans women right oh. so with that said though everyone who was trans was super against that oh. that special right but if you watch the special it's a love letter to his friend who's trans. You know what I mean? Oh. He makes a lot of jokes. And I was talking with somebody last night about it who's trans. And she was saying that, uh, you know, like she loved the special. She thought it was great. You know, it, oh, wow. and what I believe is with comedy, we can open doors to new perspectives. I think Dave Chappelle did the right thing because he took trans. He threw it up there and he said, I don't understand it, but I want to understand it. You know what I mean? So that's, that's through experience, change mm. our hearts and minds. And I think that's something that you can do, too, with your comedy, is you can bring a perspective that people have never experienced. Yeah, I hope, yes. I mean, that's not my so my my entire goal. I, would, I mean, my, my first goal would be making people laugh. But, yeah, I hope, you know, through this, people can understand. It, it helps, you know, humanize us as a group. Because, uh, you know, I think humor, sense, having a sense of humor is such a privilege in this country. Uh, you know, because of the language barrier, people think, you know, oh, Asian people are very serious. Asia, Asia, all these immigrants are very serious. They don't ever tell jokes. No, we tell <laughs> jokes with each other. We just don't. It's a language barrier. We have to like translate. We. It's, it's always frustrates me. Like whenever I'm in a group. Like people are talking with coworkers and stuff, and and they always crack jokes, and I always think about something in my head, and I had to translate it, and by the time I want to say something, they already <laughs> moved on to the next subject. <laughs> I'm like, that's I I I have something to say too. I'm yeah. funny too, you know. Like, yeah, I I think you know, hu having a sense of humor is is a privilege because you you go like in in any work workspace. Uh, the new interns, you pay attention. Like the new interns, the new hires, they never tell jokes. It's always the the people that are there for like a long time. Right. They start telling jokes. It's it, it's, uh, it shows that they're comfortable and they are, um, you know, they own the place. They, you know, like 
I feel like with 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 us immigrants, uh, we we do need a little bit of that. At least we need to like um, tell people like we have sense of humor too. We understand mm-hmm. jokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you think in Mandarin then, and then and then translate to English? Is that how that works? Yeah. How many languages do you know? In back home, Mandarin is the is the official language. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not everybody speaks Mandarin. There's there's thousands of different uh, dialects. My mom speaks a different dialect. I speak in my mom's dialect. I can speak my grandpa's dialect. So at least three. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow. How, when did you English. start learning English? Uh, starting when I was like six sixth grade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, elementary school. So they they taught that in school. Yeah, they taught that in school, but it was we were taught like almost British English. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it's not the same, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> no, yeah, like they say, uh, it was it was it was lift instead of elevator. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was biscuit instead of cookie. Yeah, <laughs> and there's uh, we don't say we don't say cashier. We say. We say shopkeeper. <laughs> shopkeeper. So you just continued to learn it then, and by the time you got here, you were just good to go, or did it continue to learn after that? Yeah, it's still a learning process. Yeah. 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 I was going to say, I would love to speak a second language. Oh, my God. I've tried before. I've tried to learn ASL. I've tried to learn French. I'm just, it doesn't stick. You know what I mean? So I just speak bad English. <laughs> um, yeah, they say speaking a second language is like having a second soul. Oh, really? Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, because yeah, right? it really is like trying to live other people's life. Yeah, you can't learn the language without learning their culture. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's the big thing. Like we were just talking about. You can teach that through your comedy, you know, like you can show that side of it. And that's powerful to have that, that ability to speak that, you know, in some ways, comedians are philosophers, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of times because deep thinking and like trying to figure out how to, and they're also uh, magicians to me in a lot of ways, <laughs> because magic is just the use of words in a way that hypnotizes the audience. You know what I mean? Oh, that's and, deep. Yeah. And so I love that. I love the idea that we can use words to, uh, to sway the audience towards us, to win them back, you know, to shock them if we need to. We have all these abilities to do that through performance, like you said, too. Yeah, because what is magic other than, hey, look over here, and everybody's attention's here, and all of a sudden you're doing something here, and you're like, ta-da! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Because when, whenever you learn, like Dean Lewis's class is really good about breaking down everything. Right. Did you take his class? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I oh, love so Dean. good. Yeah. So good. I love Dean. He's awesome. And so being able to see behind the curtain and kind of see how the joke is constructed, you appreciate it even more whenever you do comedy and somebody gets you with that twist. Uh, my last question is, where do you want to be in five years? What's, what? Where is your life going at this point with comedy? I just want to get to a point where I can sell tickets uh you know i don't i'm I'm not super ambitious um you know if i can just do this for a living and just you know travel the country performing i'd be happy yeah oh yeah but also if it doesn't happen i'm happy i'm cool with it too uh i think i just enjoy the process i just enjoy you know creating new stuff um yeah 
that's the podcast, Pong. Thank you. Oh, thanks for having me. Heck yeah, dude. Heck yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, everyone out there, please support Pung. Go to his social media. Give him a follow. Check out his videos on YouTube. Pung Dung Comedy. Go check it out online. Other than that, thank you again. I appreciate it. And with that said, uh, support local comedy in any way, shape, or form that you can. We will see you on the next one. Awesome. And there it is. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If you enjoyed it, please head over to ImprovTX.com to check out all our upcoming shows at the Addison, Arlington, Houston, and San Antonio clubs. If you like this podcast, you might enjoy the other podcasts on the ImprovTX Comedy Network. We have The Act Out. From open mics to the big stage, comedians tell us the story they've made, where I talk to comedians from all over and chat about their journey this far. Also, check out the Black Dog Retro Arcade podcast. Straight from the arcade, we talk about how our favorite games were made. That's right, we're talking all that video game goodness. And finally, we have Quackin' Up, a storytelling podcast where we pick suggestions from a hat and tell stories based upon them. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Please check out our social media, all links in the description. And with that, we'll see you on the next one.